0: Hi, everyone. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to take a moment to address the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive Care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical abortions shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortions.com. That's the number four. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, Choice.CRD.co has a collection of these resources and more. I encourage you to speak up. To another episode of the reality is, I'm not sure if I'm releasing this on the Patreon or if it's on the main feed. But if you're listening to it, hello! I'm joined today with my brother Raheel for a very special uh, Miss Marvel specific episode. We're talking only about Miss Marvel, and there was nobody better that we could have asked for to join us than Kendrick from Reality and Comics too. Because Raheel, you and I have been talking about this show on our Patreon for like, as long as it's been on. Mm-hmm. But uh, you've listened to Kendrick break down everything. And- It
1: was the most enjoyable 45 minutes of my life. Amazing. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was yes. so special. Yes. So we're just so excited to have you here. First of all, you're Kendrick. You're such a a, a delight, and also you're such uh-huh. a, a just like you have uh, this wealth of knowledge. Wealth of knowledge is that the yes. is that the term? I
2: think so. Right. You're asking the wrong person. I say every idiom ever wrong. So
0: <laughs> I, I almost said. You have such a breast of knowledge because <laughs> I wasn't sure if I, it is, yeah,
1: it is breadth of knowledge. Also, it was
0: supposed to be breadth or wealth, and together it became breast. Wait, you have since, a great breadth of knowledge,
2: frankly. As
0: <laughs> about- we're talking about
2: this, can I ask: Is it run the gambit or run the gamut? Because I feel like I say either or interchangeably, just hope no one no one corrects me. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which one is it real.
1: I have no idea.
0: <laughs> is it run the gambit? Run a gamut? What's
1: I think I think it's gamut. Run the gamut,
0: probably. Gambit is
2: well. No, I was about to say something. See, I was about to be all wrong. Okay, Gambit is the X
0: Men character, yes, right? I was is. about to say I'm like,
2: no, I'm thinking of X Men, but okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's going to come into discussion later today because uh-huh. uh, we saw uh-huh. some of that leading into the finale. So, um, yeah, you have, such, you have such a breadth or wealth or <laughs> breasts of knowledge on yes. all comic book stuff. Uh, but specifically about Miss Marvel, um, it's just been so fun to listen to you dive into each episode and give us, like, little nuggets and things that, you know, us uh, basics who just watch stuff on TV and haven't read a comic book in ever. Uh, you know, like we can get so much information from you. So I want to talk more about the show from your eyes, as well mm-hmm. as like just, a, just as a person who is not me or Rahil. Cause like Rahil and I have been talking about it on the Patreon and we, you know, have like really emotional, overwhelming feelings because we are Pakistani Americans and mm-hmm. we vibe with it in a way that uh, not everybody else is. But the general sort of fear that i hear from a lot of my friends who are watching who are pakistani is like i'm worried the show's not going to do well because i don't think that the show has jokes and things happening that everybody can relate to i think it's just stuff that we're relating to so i would love to hear from you like what did you think about the show in general Mm -hmm. and and the character of kamala like what was your relationship with her before the show started
2: so I'm a really big Miss Marvel fan in comics. Like i i read a you know a lot of different comic books, but like I she's one. I feel like I find her to be like one of the most enjoyable comic book characters. She's so relatable. Like I feel like everyone, like in anyone that's been like to high school. I can't I can't say everyone because I don't know y'all's educational background out there. But <laughs> you've been He's a high real school. <laughs> <to train>. Right.
0: <laughs> that's he couldn't tell you about run a gambit or run a gambit. He said I just learned how to talk. He said, "I yeah. barely
1: read." <laughs> yeah, I call I call it titty of knowledge. Right. I'm <laughs> yeah. I feel like I uh,
2: I feel like that she's always been such a relatable character. She's a, always so likable. She's really kind of like us in a lot of ways. That like the people that read the comics, obviously, probably like big fanboys, fangirls out there. So like it's almost like her becoming a superhero. So it's such a a cool kind of a little bit of a change that we're used to, but it's such a welcomed one because it's almost like you could almost pick any of those people reading the comics and put them in there and kind of go on their journey with her. So I I loved the show. I thought they picked the absolute perfect person to play her. Like, I don't think that they could have done any better. Like, that was tens mm-hmm. across the board with casting. The, the show actually was casted almost perfectly. I feel like there's no one that I'm really like... Ah, you suck. But, like, I feel like everyone like everyone, held their weight. So, like, 10s across the board for me. I did, a, uh, in my last episode, I did kind of a ranking of where the uh, Disney Plus shows kind of fall for me. And yeah. I'll be honest, it's hard for anything to beat WandaVision for me. One, because I'm, yeah. like, the biggest, you know, from comics. I love Scarlet Witch. She's always mm-hmm. been, like, one of my favorites. So, it'll be hard for anything for that to beat. But, like, I'd put Miss Marvel at number two because I feel like overall, I feel like it was the most solid of all the shows and like every aspect as opposed to like telling a complete story like actually showing us how someone like learns their powers and like makes it believable along the way because every episode you see her like getting progressively better with these powers it wasn't just Mm -hmm. like oh my god i'm a superhero i'll do a 20 second montage and now i'm the best in the world Mm -hmm. you know we actually like go on this journey with her and i felt like we learned i don't it's so relatable in a way that like I feel like if you're someone that says that, uh, no, I just couldn't relate to the show or the character. It's almost like, nah, then you didn't really try because I feel like there's something like in mm-hmm. this show for everyone. Like I could remember yeah. like conversations with my parents about so many different things. And I felt like they would react the exact same way as Muniba would. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I I relate to it. Like I love yeah. it. So Miss Marvel overall was a-okay with me. And I oh, can't wait man. for the Marvels now because I feel like we haven't gotten a trailer or anything, so we don't know what's going to be like in the Marvels, but mm-hmm. I feel like it all it like heightened my level for that movie, too.
0: Give us yeah. your rankings, though, of the Disney Plus Marvel Ooh. shows.
2: Oh, God. Okay. Let me kind of dig back because I said, so you want me to start from last and go first or yeah. go first to last? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I made it a point to say I'm not going to include what if because it's animation, so I'm, I'm throwing it out the window. Yeah number six pretty controversial i got attacked in my comments a lot uh loki <laughs> is my number six what? <laughs> yes thank loki. you kendrick thank you <laughs> loki my number six i i was pretty like vocal about it i felt like it was a valley almost like started high got pretty boring around episode two and three went back up but then the finale wasn't a loki finale it was a kang the conqueror introduction so it's like yeah i don't really i, I don't know it missed it a lot but i I mean they're gonna do a season two i give it a mm-hmm. chance i'm excited about it i'll watch it i like it was a perfectly casted show like everyone mm-hmm. on the show i loved, but it was just who there were a couple episodes like it's hard for me to like not to be like 100 invested in something but like i rolled my eyes a lot during loki so <laughs> you, you know I'm, I'm i'm over that uh Number oh, I hate ranking this one so low because I did really, really like it. But number five was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was kind of a, you know, it really kind of took a hit because the original story they wanted to tell like really kind of coincided with coronavirus. So it's like, well, we can't tell a story about a a global pandemic about to happen when we're literally living through one and everyone hates it right now. So it suffered a lot, but I think we got a lot of good stuff out of that and I enjoyed it more than Loki because it had great action in it. And I love, Mm. anytime we get like Wakanda and Adora Milaje out there.
0: Yes, yes.
2: My jam, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Ooh, number three and number four, I haven't really decided because I'm going to go do a, a Hawkeye rewatch. But as of right now, Number four is Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah. Really loved Moon Knight because I'm, I'm a huge Oscar Isaac fan. Uh, rawr. <laughs> <laughs> that part. Um, <laughs> I oh, it's. I really, I really liked Moon Knight. The finale was a big miss for me, though, and that was one mm-hmm. like the first times I was like, "Oh boy, that was it." Was just a lot, like visually, story wise, mm-hmm. it was a lot to wrap up, and it was just like a lot of stuff thrown at you at once, and I was like. I think I actually had like another episode planned for that week anyway, so I didn't really have to recap the finale and I've never been happier in my life. I was like I don't want to just get on here and drag this show for an hour, so I don't want to do that, especially me being a big Oscar Isaac fan. Uh number 3 was Hawkeye cuz it was around mm-hmm. Christmas. I, it was good it was cheer. Funny. Like I liked it. It was, it was a funny. fun show, right? Yeah. Had uh Yelena Belova, love her. Had we got a new Kate Bishop, love her. Uh it made me like Clint a lot more because I've always mm. found him to be pretty boring. So good good things all around. Uh number two, Miss Marvel, and then number one, WandaVision. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. That's a great that's great. Real that's probably about your list too, right?
1: Probably. I think I would probably have um Loki higher than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think that mm-hmm. um so the thing with Loki was, you know, it was right after WandaVision, right? Mm -hmm. Um, wando vision is still it's perfect it's like a perfect whatever six or eight episodes whatever it was right so good um so when loki started loki has all of the elements like it has a perfect cast it has even like the what they're talking about the themes and all those things right Mm -hmm. they're perfect like that's exactly what i'm interested in but it just had like no heart in it. Like I just couldn't connect. It's like the music is perfect. The visuals are perfect, but something is missing missing. And Mm -hmm. I just, and it made me like, it it made me turn on it more and more. But I think yeah, the the rest of it is is pretty much the same. I think uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it was, it felt, it didn't feel, I don't know. At a certain point I was like, if this wasn't a Marvel show, would I watch past episode three? Right. Mm-hmm. This is like you know the stories in this are pretty basic. It's just like you know like any other. You know it's interesting because um, it is Marvel, and I have backstory with these guys. But overall, I, and I didn't know about I didn't know that they shelved the original the original storyline, which I just found out right now. Which yeah you know, makes sense now.
2: Yeah the yeah. the people uh what were they called in there the the flag the smashers or whatever they call the flag smashers yeah. or whatever. They um they were supposed to, like, release this, like, what global... It is. I'm so is. Yeah. <laughs> they're supposed to release, like, this whole, like, uh, some kind of virus. I think it's supposed to be some kind of, like, uh, bioterrorism kind of uh, uh, arc where they mm-hmm. release this to the world. It's supposed to be, like, this huge thing, but then they were, like, well, we can't have a pandemic during the pandemic because it'll really bump people out when they're so happy to have Marvel back, so I think they kind of scrapped that. Then they had to kind of, like, piece together what they could after they had already shot, like, so uh, much so it kind of yeah. suffered but i but i am excited for captain america 4 i think that's going to be fantastic yeah. as long as they get a great director and great like stunt coordinators i'm high hopes, high
0: hopes. yeah where is um like what's the next phase gonna be because obviously there's uh kind of forever is coming out later this year that's the only mm-hmm. other marvel movie coming out this year right
2: mm-hmm. we've got like some other like we got she hulk in august and then we got like some we got that uh, Werewolf by Night I think in October which could be good. I don't know, but <laughs> and then like we got Wakanda Forever and then we have uh The Marvels and Ant-Man 3 swap places. So Ant-Man 3 is in February I think and then The Marvels is like going to be the big summer movie for them. Almost.
1: And Marvel, uh, the Marvels isn't coming out this year. I was I thought it was coming out this year.
2: Mm-mm. You? Next year. But yeah. we might get something, uh, San Diego Comic-Con is this week, so we might get some Ooh. footage. Because we've got
0: no Wakanda Forever content no. at all. Nothing. That's what
2: everyone's expecting, too, because we've got to get something. It's like, they always do something like four months before the movie comes out, like they do their first like teaser or something, so we're about that time, so give us something, because I'm kind of fainting over here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Struggling yeah. a little
2: I- bit. <laughs>
0: So, I think, you know, thinking about like the MCU as a whole, I want to talk later about like where I think, like where we think the story of Kamala Khan lands, like where it sits in this world now, because now mm-hmm. she is a person who gets to be part of the people that she idolized. Mm-hmm. Right. So, let's talk, but let's talk about the final episode um, a little bit. So okay. in in the final episode, Kamala, all these things happen. She gets her name, she gets her suit, she gets her community by her side. We get her villains' kind of origin story with Kamran, <laughs> and you know she's she kind of turns into Carol. Spoiler alert: she turns into Carol Danvers or swaps <laughs> places with her, something like that. But. You know, the episode itself was just like a, it was like the action-packed last 35 minutes of a good Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. I found it to be really fun and silly and all that stuff. It had all the things that you love in like a teen show of the kids getting together and beating up the bad guys in high school. But like some of the stuff in the episode was It ended up being a lot more disturbing, I think, than they probably ever intended for it to because so much of the show is so much of this episode is is set around cops trying to attack children and families standing outside of a school trying to save Uh their kids. I mean, that was like I was like, what the hell? Like this is and they did a disclaimer in the beginning of the episode, but that stuck out a lot to me. Um, Yeah. But so I found that to be a little much. But I mean, and that, that's not at any fault of Marvel. That is at the fault of the fucked up society. World that we live right? in. Yeah. yeah, the shitty, shitty world that we live in. But mm. some of my favorite things I want to talk about. We can all go around and talk about our favorite things from the episode. My favorite part of this episode was the fact that. Uh, there's these great scenes of Kamala, you know, it kind of ties the the relationship that she had with her parents. We uh-huh. started the, the show with Kamala kind of being on the outs with her parents. Her mom doesn't understand who she is, you know, she can't get anything right. Her gu- guidance counselor's like, "Your, you know, mind's in the the in the clouds." To now, she has her whole community, her mosque, her friends, her school. All these people are on her side, and her mom got her her outfit <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so cute it's so uh it was so it's such a nice closure on all the things that we felt like she was lost about in the first episode but kendrick what were some of your favorite things from this episode
2: uh, i'll save the the obvious one for last because you know i'm a big x-men fan um mm-hmm. i loved how they kind of they purposely like changed stuff from the comics to make it a lot more like I felt like I you know me watching as a black person, there was stuff I knew that like wasn't for me, but that like I couldn't like so appreciate, regardless, like her mom making that yeah. costume was like chef's kiss, like that was the perfect like little touch or change yeah. that they could have made mm-hmm. to like really like drive home like the family values of the show. Uh, I love that conversation she had with her dad on the rooftop about how she uh, how they came to name her and then ultimately like yeah. got her name Miss Marvel because it's not like that in the comic I, I, like I love that kind of stuff like if you're gonna change the stuff in the comics like make it mean something and they did it perfectly yeah. so I I loved a lot this was to me when I thought back about it because they I think Disney Plus has really kind of had a little trouble sticking the landing like they have like these great shows and then like the final episode you're like. Uh, okay, (laughs) you know, so, but I feel like this was easily the best of the finales. Like, I feel like they actually stuck the landing here. So very happy about that. Favorite part, though, you know, I'm born in 89, but I'm a child of the 90s. I feel like if you're a comic book person, then you have to say everyone, you know, as a baby of the 90s has the same kind of intro in the comics, which is, the X-Men 90s cartoon. So yes. everyone loves mutants and stuff. So, so when they when I heard that little sound in the background when he said mutation, that uh 90s cartoon theme music, I just like <laughs> yeah, I like <laughs> rolled off my couch. I was I'm I've been waiting for the mutants to come to the MCU for so long now yes. and it's finally happening. And to think that Kamala I you could have like if I would had like a million dollars in line to guess where the mutants were coming in the MCU. I would have never in a million years thought it was coming in Miss Marvel. Like I thought that they might have gave us like an inhuman teaser or something. But like to get like that bold of like a, a retcon in an actual Disney Plus show, I was shocked. But for me, I know people have been like discussing online since the finale like do we like this? Do we hate this? Cause people love the inhumans too. I'm mm-hmm. so on board because give me give me everybody. I love the mutants. I love the mutations. Give it to me all make everything everything i want it
0: so i want to ask real quick what is what was the difference in the comic book with where she got her outfit and where she got her name
2: oh so miss marvel uh in the comics miss marvel uh so carol danvers used to be miss marvel so there's been like oh. kind of a different uh like mantles in the comic books taken up so like captain marvel like she uh Carol Danvers was like the third I think Miss M- uh Captain Marvel so like there was uh marvell who's originally a man uh Tiana Taylor from WandaVision who plays uh Monica rambo she was a mm-hmm. Captain Marvel in the comics mm-hmm. and then it became Carol Danvers but before all that Carol Danvers was Miss Marvel and so like that being her uh you know being a big fan she actually took on that moniker and so it kind of all like that's why in the comics People were, like, flipping out at the end of this episode because they thought that she had transformed into Carol Danvers. I think they switched places, though. Because yeah. Because just based on... Yeah, I think they switched places. But people were kind of flipping out because they thought that uh, they were, like, nodding to the comics where she ends up, like, kind of transforming. Like, when the, you know, Inhumans, they have this thing called a Terrigen Mist that, like, gives them their powers and stuff. So uh, she was, like... Everyone thought that, like, this was how... Uh, you know, she transformed in her, like it was showing like her shape shifting and that she can do in the mm-hmm. comics and all that kind of stuff. But I, my theory is, I think Carol found the other bangle that they've been talking yes. about yeah. in yeah. this comic. So, or, or maybe the 10 rings are the other, ba- I don't know. I'm, I'm, whatever they, direction they go, I'm all about it. Like, I'm, I'm, hmm. I'm Shang-Chi was like my other favorite, uh, <sighs> uh, phase four project that we've gotten. Yeah. Shang-Chi, WandaVision, and Miss Marvel have been like, it for me yeah Yeah, (laughs) so yeah yeah. so she basically for the uh that she uh i don't remember how she got the costume though i gotta go back ping me i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna look that up because i don't (laughs) mind rereading comics like a million times i don't remember how she got the costume in the comics but uh the name yeah she took up the mantle of miss marvel since carol no longer needed it
0: yeah oh man I can't wait to see how well, we'll talk about where where Kamala goes in the uh-huh. in the MCU because there is a bunch of stuff in this this uh, series that got me very excited for other for her being on screen with other um, other cuties from the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. Real, what yes. were some of your favorite things from the finale?
1: Well, so I mean, in the finale, and I think the show overall, right? Um, like you said at the beginning, like I don't think we're We're not just watching the show as just, uh, you know, as part of the MCU, right? We're watching this show because it means there's, like, other things that we're taking in. Like, the cultural stuff is huge for us, right? So, Mm -hmm. right off the bat, like, the stuff with the parents, you know, I can't even describe what that feels like. To, like, to see a girl get, essentially, you know, in in our culture, when girls get an outfit like that, it's usually when they're getting married or something like that, right? So, Mm -hmm. we're carrying all that weight with us. And then... The scene with the dad on the roof—it destroyed me. Like, and you know, <laughs> and you know, so all that stuff. It's I can't. I, there's no rational way for me to put that. You know, to, to to really think about that stuff because of how it affected me. Um, I I think just in terms of like the show, um, I I think I read this online somewhere where they said that they Home Alone the ending. You know where, and I love a Home Alone ending where there's where there's like <laughs> traps set up while somebody's attacking. You know how like the kids all. All that. Yes. I love that stuff. Booby traps.
2: Yes. Booby traps. I think oh. right. I said yeah. that actually. I, that's so funny you said that because I'm sitting here like, what did, I think I read that too. And I'm like, oh shit, I said that. Like, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> so,
1: so yeah, so I love that stuff. And even at the beginning of that, right? Like there's this moment when they play this old Hindi song before, yeah. what, right when the people attack and stuff like that. So what impressed me about the show overall in this episode and in the show overall is that You know, it is a Marvel show. There's comic book um, elements that they have to address, right? But like, I just really appreciated like the audacity that where they were just like, you know what, we're going to deal with the comic book stuff, but you're also going to learn about our culture and you're going to learn about our culture on our terms, right? So there are times when, you know, they'll make space for you to get the joke, right? And sometimes they're like, you know what, this joke isn't for you. This joke is for, for the people that know this joke. And that's perfectly fine. So I think overall, that's what I love about this show. And I, you know, there are two things that, you know, you, you do watch these shows like in two different ways now, right? I think we're all so familiar with the MCU, but also with like the business of the MCU, right? So I know that there's, you know, just the fact that this show came about, it's a huge opportunity for these writers and these directors and these actors and stuff like that, because the MCU is like its own like form of media at this point. And the fact that these people got this opportunity and they knocked it out of the, out of the park and they did it they did it while maintaining like their full like Pakistaniness and their full Muslimness, but also it was an entertaining as hell comic book show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like the visuals in the first episode with like the texting and just the things and the music. It's all just done so perfectly. So overall, I mean you know, I just I loved all of it.
0: Oh, so good. So good. Oh, I'm going to talk about the significance of all the songs that they picked out later. Um, but yeah, so so going back to what we were talking about earlier, where does Kamala Khan sort of fit into the MCU? I think one of the really cool things about Kamala that I love so much is it's not just that I relate to her. It's not just that I see myself on the screen. It's the fact that we've seen a lot of like superhero stories where you Know they're, they're sad beginnings, you know. Uh, what Tony Stark it, we he's kind of an asshole, and like, you know, uh, what's his name? I'm only calling him Chris Evans because my brain is not working. Captain America, Steve, <laughs> Rogers. No, Rogers. Steve Rogers, I wasn't gonna call him just Captain <laughs> America, but Steve Rogers, like. <laughs> He's a skinny kid from Brooklyn. Like he's, you know, like you have these kind of like, but like overall kind of sad stories, right? Like, yeah, Steve Mm -hmm. Rogers, he ends up becoming Captain America. He loses the love of his life. Um, Or Spider-Man is Spider-Man, but he's being raised by his aunt because his parents have died. Right? Like we know Mm -hmm. all these very sad stories as being the beginning of Marvel superheroes. I love the fact that Kamala is just a kid and she gets to tell her parents the truth about who she is. We're not getting that tropey teenager. I can't tell you about, she's straight up like, yeah, bitches, this is who I am. Like, I love the scene <laughs> in the beginning with like of this ep- of the last episode where she's like making the announcement to her brother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Patrick, you cracked me up the way you broke that down in your recap of the finale. Like the way (laughs) he's like, she's like, yeah. Listen, um, yeah, I heard. I know already that like his brother, her brother's like, (laughs) yeah, I already know because you know, mom talked to dad. um, Me talked to Abu, and Abu was talking on speaker, so I heard (laughs) it, and we all heard it. Like, I just love that. I love that Mm -hmm. it's not a secret, and I think that there is something really like lovely and refreshing that. It's not just that Kamala Kamala knows. It's not just that Kamala knows who she is. Her family knows who she is, and they don't just know; they love it. And I think that that's such uh, that's got to resonate with a lot of kids, and not just brown kids, but like any kid who doesn't fit into their family gets to watch this now and say, "There's a possibility for me to exist where I, when I once felt like a black sheep, perhaps there will be a moment where I will be accepted." Right? Like, of Uh course, comics in general. Like, I'm sure you, and this is only spoken from a person who's only consumed it in like cartoons or movies or TV shows Mm -hmm. but um, they're for people who feel like they don't fit into society I mean that's what all of X-Men is about right Mm -hmm. and so to have this one moment in this show where it's like no you fit You fit, you get to be this person and you get to be celebrated by your parents and your community is obsessed with you. They think you're Uh amazing. And, you know, like the scene of the, the, in the mosque of all the people like standing up to the, uh, damage control people walking in and being like, no, we're not, we're not giving her up. Like that is, that stuff was so refreshing and so fun to see and so different for a Marvel show. Um, but to the topic of where she fits in, I mean, she's kind of our only other teenager. Well, her and um, Kate Bishop, right? are like, well, mm-hmm. Kate Bishop is supposed to be in college, I guess. But yeah. they're the only teenagers. Like, it's her and then Peter Parker. Uh-huh. Who right now are in the in the MCU as like our our kid characters? Could you imagine a movie with Spider Man and Kamal Khan? I mean, she's in Jersey City, he's in New York, he's uh-huh. in ooh, that's a that's two tunnels. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Can you imagine them together? I mean, that would be incredible. I
2: love that. Um, see, I. I feel like there's so much connection between those two characters too, because even though like their still their like, backstories are pretty different. Like you know Peter pretty much like orphaned and has to you know live with his aunt or or uncle depending on you know which university it is. And then uh, Kamala has this whole like family that we've learned about. They're still so similar because like every time I was watching this finale, I kept thinking like, man, this reminds me of like Spider-Man 2, where like the whole community like refuses yeah. to like let anything happen to their hero because yeah. like you know. The friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Now they've got Hard Light or whatever the terrible name was they had for it first. <laughs> and I like, I love that. Like, it's so, I love that uh, it's almost like kind of paralleling to like at some point we've almost got to have these two in a scene together, right? Like, it almost yeah. makes it seem like it's almost inevitable. And I kind of love that. I feel like, especially these two actresses, Iman and Tom Holland, I feel like would bounce Ooh. off of each other like perfectly. Like Give you. me that right now.
1: Yeah, that, the, <laughs> those two personalities I can see just. Mm -hmm. just singing on screen that'd be awesome
0: yeah um i mean if if my kids ever see tom holland do anything remotely pakistani they will lose their mind because my five-year-old has told me that when he grows up he wants to be spider-man like the one on tv like tom holland i'm like okay (laughs) work on that um (laughs) I think it was episode three or four. I don't know which episode it was where we got to see where the we got to meet Aisha and Najma in 1942, British occupied Pakistan or India or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And we got that shot of the temple they were in and the Ten Rings. Mm -hmm. Where do you think? you have any theories about the Oof. Asian side of the Marvel universe. Cause one of the things I think when we're meeting the red daggers that I loved is um, Waleed or Waleed in, uh, in the red daggers, he said, yeah, we're called Jinn, but you know, if, if people had met Thor in the Himalayas, they would have thought that he was a Djinn too, because that is like uh-huh. culturally, that is what we call the supernatural. Uh-huh. And so I love that we're now exploring this other side of the world, but what are your thoughts about where, uh, how you could see Shang-Chi and, uh, and Miss Marvel together?
2: I, this is what like excites me most, like about all of this, because one, I, I love Shang-Chi. That's probably my, I think my favorite movie of this phase, but it's, I think it's cracked my top 10, like in the MCU. Cause I mm-hmm. love yeah. that movie so much. Love the action. Like you can tell he's doing a lot of stunts and everything himself. So like, I'd love that. Um, my big theory has been, I don't know whether um, I, I don't. I almost feel like the ten rings like make up like the other bangle or something. Like it's got to be connected because when you think about it, Shang Chi and uh, Kamala, both of them are really ser- similar. Like in their makeup, like mm-hmm. she, uh, you know, Aisha obviously another dimension. Uh, so like she's of this world but of another world too. And then you have Shang Chi, whose mom is uh, oh, what's the I can't remember the uh, word. Uh, was it Taolo? I think maybe the word, uh, her mom, his mom was from, and then, uh, Wen Wu was, uh, from earth. So it almost, you know, dimension then from here too. So it almost seems like both of them are able to work their artifacts that they found because of, uh, like them being, having a kind of a presence in both. And so it, it just makes me think that like, I don't know if you remember at the end of Shang-Chi, like Carol Danvers and Bruce Banner were trying to figure out, like, what kind of technology this was. You know, they, Carol's been all over yeah. the universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The Hulk knows everything. So they're both trying to figure out, like, what the hell is this? Why did we, like, hear this signal? Like, what's going on? And I, I don't know. I feel like these two items are, like, ooh. In the comics, we have these things called uh, the negabands, but I'm not sure if that's the direction they're going to go in because it... Uh, the uh the original Captain Marvel in the comics, he uses those, like it's two bangles basically on mm. his hands and then he can like switch places with someone uh, using Ooh. this thing called the Negative Zone. So I'm like that seems pretty similar so that's why i think that like maybe she's found another bangle but i'm also thinking like i don't know maybe it's a bangle and then like the 10 rings they kind of look like bangles too so like maybe when you add them together on one wrist maybe they look like the other
0: bangle i don't know i know i'm excited i mean they mm-hmm. they definitely put that in because there has to be a connection why else would they show the 10 rings i mean hello. Right. There, there has to be a connection there. Also, I'm um, thank you for clarifying that there. It's a negative energy because I was like, "What did he just say about the Bengals?" Oh saying? yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I had to make sure I was pronouncing it like as clearly as possible when I was doing my <laughs> podcast. <I'm> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just thinking about you know Kamala and also Shang Chi. I think it's, um, you know. In like the last, you know, however long the MCU has been around, I think the, the the two driving forces when you when you look at like the technology and stuff, it's been like science and mm. a little bit of psychology. Right. Um, for and this is a feeling that I got from Shang-Chi when I was watching it also. And I think for for Miss um, Marvel, probably because this is something that I was looking for. But it feels like this is how Marvel is like tackling spirituality, you know, yeah. in a certain mm-hmm. way. Um, I think maybe Loki was a part of that also. And maybe, you know, I think if they can figure that out in phase four, I, I, you know, I think that that is a direction that they should kind of follow through because what else is kind of left? You know what I mean? Like a lot of cool stuff has already happened. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I think that because the audiences have matured with the MCU, they -hmm. can kind of look at these more serious topics in this way.
0: Yeah. absolutely.
2: They've, um, it's kind of great because they've already too, like, uh, I don't know if y'all seen the new Thor movie, but, you know, we got a ton of gods in that movie, too. We got, uh, who was it, like, uh, uh, Taurit and, uh, oh, who is it, Amrit, and, you know, all of them in uh, Moon Knights like, the Egyptian oh, yeah? gods. We yeah. mm-hmm. oh. So it seems like they're heading, like, in a different direction with that, and plus we're headed, like, to the... The cosmos, as they call yes, it, too. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like they're, it looks like they're going to lean into it at least, and I think they definitely should because you know you've done so much street level stuff this like yeah. three <laughs> phases that you might as well like shoot for the stars. Now you've got the multiverse in it, so like there's literally there's no limit on what you can do. So <laughs> exactly, you might as well yeah. do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think one thing I thought of when you were talking about you know uh Kamala and both Chi having this feeling of like they have their part supernatural, part earth. And so they Mm -hmm. get to tap into both. It also is a, it's a, a, a direct reflection of their identities as an Asian American, um, living, you know, as a Chinese person living in mm-hmm. San Francisco uh, and having this ha- hidden identity as a Pakistani growing up in New Jersey, having this like other side of your life. I think it's just a, cer- a perfect like parallel to that. And I think it's mm-hmm. it's like this idea of you can tap into both. And when you put both together, it's beautiful, supernatural things can happen when you find the balance of of both of those worlds. I just ugh, what a great it's show. I when we
1: see. <laughs> When 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 I heard the word gin on screen, I lost my fucking mind. Like I was like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe they said gin. Is that is that something that's in the comic books?
2: So in the comics, they're like, they uh, I think it's episode oh, either two or three. I think maybe three. When um najma and the other clandestine come mm-hmm. she kind of says like well we've been called this called that and then she says and we also you know most commonly called yeah. jen they uh in comics clandestine also like they have their own like little you know comic book run that like you yeah. know one read but you notice know, that they're, they're like their own thing too and then the uh unseen or uh this like race of like aliens i think in the comics so like they all that stuff was like basically her saying like you know it's been we've been called like all these different things almost kind of like yeah. linking them up so like they've all been mentioned in the comics it's just like not in this way so that's another example of like the show kind of retconning the comics to like make it fit like oh so perfectly the way they did gotcha.
0: oh god it's wonderful <laughs> Um, what, a, what a great show. All right. Let's talk about some of the side characters um, on in this show. Because uh, we meet a lot of her community and they're a big part of who she is. Um, who were some of your favorite people that were not Gamalahan on this show? Kendra.
2: Ooh. Um Real I really liked Bruno. I like the way that they used the Bruno because I felt like that was supposed to be the uh, the person watching, like from the outside, who like doesn't necessarily uh, like know the ins and outs of the culture, but is still mm-hmm. like wanting to participate in a way. Because like I loved it, like he still learned the dance for the wedding. He was still asking when they were doing the uh, rehearsal. They were, he was still asking like all these questions, like no wait, why they take his shoes and like stuff like that? So it made mm-hmm. me. I feel like not only is it making them like physically explain it to the viewing audience it also like made me like oh i wonder what like that it almost made me like me act as if i was bruno in a way because mm-hmm. like i was texting you i'm like wait what does this mean when you know someone's going <laughs> to like we have a spark a whole conversation so i like the way they use bruno like in a sense of the show and plus i think i can't prove it but i think that he's gonna pop up elsewhere in the mcu i would hope because he has some like some some wakanda ties in the comics like he has this whole like scholarship where he goes to wakanda and obviously uh-huh. he's gone to you know he's gone to caltech and uh in the the actual show and you know at the end of black panther they made that like school in california so i'm like i don't know i feel like that's a little close right there so maybe i don't know oh so i'm hoping God. yeah i'm hoping maybe that pops up you know he's a smart dude and if you're gonna learn from anybody learn from shuri she knows it all yeah.
0: Yeah, where but where is Caltech Real?
1: In California. No,
0: I know it's in California. I'm <laughs> which which city is it? Because
1: I believe I believe it's in the Bay Area.
0: Well, that's very exciting because mm. Shang-Chi, hi. And then also Ant Man and the Wasp, hello. Mm. Yeah, and
1: also I think the uh, um Bruce Banner has ties to that area also. Oh, guys. West Coast
2: <laughs> Ninjas. There we go.
1: <laughs> this
0: is so exciting. There we oh, go. Man. Oh, um, did you feel like Gamran's ending was uh, a good one for the, the, the series or a season finale? I want, so
2: maybe y'all can help because I was a little confused. Did Najma, like, did she sacrifice herself to, like, give him her energy? Or I didn't know if she, had, like, actually, like, physically went inside of him. And, like, they're, like, this one person now. I don't know. And I don't even know. My biggest thing that I was wondering about him was that whether or not he's like now confirmed as a mutant too. Cause you know, in the comics he's an inhuman as well. So I'm like, I wonder if that means he's a, you know, maybe we got two mutants out of this and no one's just paying attention to him. I don't know. But I, I like, I like that, uh, he's now like linked to, uh, Kareem, you know, in, uh, Karachi. I kind of like that for him. I like that story. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's almost like a band of people that like don't necessarily have a, uh, a family kind of coming together to make a family. So, mm-hmm. I always like that kind of story that goes on. So, I, I I think I liked his ending. I just want to yeah. know, I need clarification about whether or not, like, Najma is still in there somewhere. Like, that kind of keeps me up at night. <laughs> the
0: only thing I could think was that, you know, we do see in episode five that sort of the linking of the bangle and the powers of it kind of end. And with Kamala, because I don't Ooh. think we ever got the idea that Kamala's nani ever had any powers. We just know that she knew right. the stories and she had the bangles, but she never possessed the powers. It's not until, you know, Aisha says that what you seek seeks you mm-hmm. and Kamala transports to the partition trains that all of these things start to happen. Right. It's because she knows mm-hmm. that she needs to do this as she's dying. She needs to think about her future as she's dying. And protecting her child as she's dying in order for that power to almost get to kamala right Mm -hmm. like or to to, or to be activated in the person that she seeks for it to be activated and so i wonder if najma when she sacrifices herself and she says kamran she might have then done something to give kamran the power that she had i don't Mm -hmm. know and it's also like I don't think it was even a power that Najma had. Najma was just, like, strong as fuck. But, like, she didn't have any, like... She didn't have any lasers shooting out. So, in order for Kamran to possess that nur, which... You know, I think she asked, right? Kamala asked, does Gamran have any power since he's from here too? Mm-hmm. And she says something like, you know, you went through an event that caused this to get activated. So we're just waiting for that moment for Gamran. He might feel something one day and it might happen. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what happened.
2: Uh,
0: I don't
2: know. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm on board. I'm All on right. board with it because it was keeping me up at night. Because a, a <laughs> couple of things were like... Because I'm so, like, the MCU now, too, like, with time travel has gotten so, like, kind of convoluted. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what's going... Right, I don't know what's going on within... I was like, because when Kamala went back and was, like, in a different time period, I'm like, okay, is, is the TVA showing up at some point? Like, it's Loki and Hunter <laughs> and B-15? Like, are they coming? Like, what's going on? So it, the MCU is getting kind of like... I'm, like, trying to keep up with everything. But I like the way they did that. It was almost like she did go back in time, but it was also kind of like the bangle played a big part in it, yes. So yeah. I'm like, I can, I can overlook that. Like that's, that's okay with me. I like the way that played in the story. So, is- oh, sorry. Go sorry. Ahead.
1: No. So, so that's, you know, I've been watching the show. I was watching the show and I was mm-hmm. talking to, uh, talking to my coworkers about it that are big mm-hmm. MCU fans. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, that's where it differs for, for us. Because again, I was watching it because the Pakistani stuff, you know, I was watching the partition stuff. Only thinking about the partition, thinking mm-hmm. about our history with the partition and stuff like that. And when I talk to them about it, they're like, "Well, you know, we're trying to figure out what the train means and what the time travel means and all this other stuff." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Frankly, I don't give a shit. I'm right. just, I'm, I <laughs> I'm watching this woman like, you know, pass on her powers and guide her grandmother to her to her great grandfather. Don't talk to me. I'm fucking crying over here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So." So i i I hope they can untangle all that stuff for the future because I think, you know, if, if for Kamala to have a bigger role in the MCU, I think that stuff has to pay off for people, right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's what like the general fandom, I think that's what they're looking for. Yeah.
2: That's that's a great point too, because one of the things that like MCU fans talk about with each other all the time is sometimes it's almost it's almost like impossible to enjoy like the moment sometimes because you're always yeah. thinking about the future yeah. and it is such a downfall. Cause it's like, man, I, you know, you, you want to be like in a moment so bad, but you're like, okay, did you see that in the background? Like, what does that mean for episode 12? And it's like, it's like, okay, I've got to like calm down and actually watch it. That's why like now I've gotten to the habit of where I, like the first time I watch it, I don't have phone or anything near me. I'm not doing yeah. any notes or anything. I'm just watching it for enjoyment. And then the second time is when I'm, like, full-on, like, always sunny in Philadelphia with the chalkboard. <laughs> you know, like, full-on psycho mode, just, like, going for it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, do you have questions about the partition? Because I do want to talk about it because I I think that was another thing that I thought of, which was that, you know, like Rahil said, we had such an intense reaction to watching this because this is Mm -hmm. a story that literally nobody has ever heard. It's only something that I could explain to someone when someone says, you're Indian, right? And I'm like, well, I'm not (laughs) Because stuff happened and my family moved to Pakistan and it's, like, very complicated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, that's the only time I ever really get to explain the difference between Pakistanis and Indians and why it matters and all of these things, right? So um, I think that that was something that we had an emotional reaction to. And it's like Mm -hmm. Raheel said, like, it's so bold and that they had the audacity to say, this is our story and this is how our stories – uh you know fit into our superhero stories what i love about the partition is that we talk a lot as uh south Asians about the trauma right and then i mean mm-hmm. this exists in the black community any community that has ever been marginalized that has ever been through anything the jewish jewish community feels it mm-hmm. with the holocaust anything Anytime you have, you know, these stories of your ancestors going through these things, your elders go through these really horrible things, it bleeds into the DNA of our people, right? Mm -hmm. Because The elders, they go through it. They kind of tell their kids about it. Their kids grow up with very angry parents because they're going to to therapy. And then the kids are confused. And then they're like kind of angry too. And then they become our parents. And we're like, what the hell? And then we go through therapy. And then we try to talk to our parents about it. And they're like, shut the hell up. We're not talking (laughs) about these things. And then finally, when everybody is, like, too old to remember, they finally decide to sit down and talk to you about it. You're like, what the fuck? Why didn't anybody say anything, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, like, this is a great example. The show is a great example of, like, how important these stories are to tell because – a lot of it is obviously extremely heartbreaking, but I think that there is so much empowerment that you can get from hearing the stories of the struggles of the people who came before you. Like mm-hmm. our traumas traumas are baked into our DNA, but if somebody was to tell us why they are, right, mm-hmm. we could turn those, we could course correct or we could turn those stories or break those cycles, right? And I think that hearing, seeing that this story where, her powers came to being were because a woman decided, a woman decided in that moment that the only thing that mattered to her was knowing that the future of her family is okay, right? Like when Aisha is dying, all she is thinking about is like that which you seek seeks you. What Uh does she seek? She seeks a safe haven for her family. She Uh seeks a future where her husband and her child are safe. And what is seeking her? Her future. Her granddaughter. So her granddaughter literally comes to save to seek her. Kendrick, side note, me it's a me and you joke. This is what made me laugh. I was like, it reminded me of your grandmama, the baby. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, I I had to stop myself from saying it on the episode because I was like, no, I did No one understand it except like...
0: <laughs> Raheel, I will send you a link. It is Jocelyn from Love and Hip Hop. She says the thing. It's ridiculous. I couldn't stop thinking about your grandmama a baby. <laughs> because her grandmama was the baby. Um, but <laughs> that is like a joke that only like me and you and Tom Hamlet will understand. Um, right. <laughs> but... You know, I think there there is something so beautiful about the fact that when she gets there, when Kamala gets there, Aisha, as she's dying, she says, it's okay because you're here. I know everything is okay because you're here. Because all you ever think about is like, everything must have just worked out fine for my granddaughter to be, for my great granddaughter to be alive. Mm-hmm. like that is the part that I think like real and I talked about this as we were like weeping because <laughs> part of it that like that you know that makes all of the shit that our ancestors went through that's what makes it like it It doesn't make, doesn't make it okay but it makes you feel grateful for the shit that they went through like when you see sense, right? when you see the stuff on the trains like uh-huh. oh and we talk the reason why the trains are important is because people people died. Like people yeah. died to get to safety. That's like, and,
1: yeah. and then just the final layer of that is that, you know, the fact that all of the action is led by women. Everything is done exactly. by women. And so, you know, in the show within the context of the show, that's amazing. Um because, you know, there is there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of background, there's a lot of there's been a lot of talk about especially about brown women and you know how they are how they're treated by within their own communities and, and all that stuff and how important it is for them to progress, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so within the context of the show, it's important. But then if you are watching it, like, you know, I imagine you watch it, uh, Kendrick, and I know the way that we watch it is also the fact that the story, the episode was written by women. The the episode was directed by women. Mm-hmm. the The story comes from women. So all that stuff, you know, when, and it all, you know, it all kind of leads to like, the the little child following the stars to her father. And like, I can't, I can't talk about it. I'm just sitting here crying. Like, you know, it's just, it's too much. (laughs) It means too much.
2: Yeah. I love, one of the things that like I love nowadays about like, you know, people, you know, crap on superhero stuff so much, but like, Mm -hmm. I love that like, it's so popular now that like so many people are using these like forms of media to like actually teach people stuff that they they wouldn't Mm -hmm. learn in school like they would never learn in school and like i related this like part of the show like episode five like learning about the partition i related it to uh i don't know if y'all watched the watchman on hbo a few years ago oh it's my brother's show oh the best
1: the best miniseries i've ever seen just incredible
2: my Like, my favorite, I have to do a rewatch, like, every three months or I'm not okay. Like, that, I, but the thing I related to is that, like, so many people would not have known about the Tulsa Race Massacre yep. had it not been for that show. So, like, I love that, like, these, like, superhero shows in general are, like, using their platform to, like, actually teach people about stuff that, like... No, like, schools are not teaching us about any of yeah. this. Like, we're learning, like, stuff about... No, we're, like, what, using our TI calculators to play video games in school. Like, we're not <laughs> learning about anything that we need to be actually learning about.
1: The one the one episode, and I know this is a big sidetrack, but the one episode in The Watchmen, I think it's called This Beautiful Being, should be required watching for everybody. Mm-hmm. It is a perfect hour of TV. It's, like, so it's... Good. it's Oh,
2: I saw, like I lo- if I don't watch it like every like quarter I'm like not okay like I, I'm already like <laughs> King's biggest fan but like I just love everything about it like such perfection. a badass oh, oh yes. my god. Perfection.
0: I should watch that, huh? Yeah, you
1: really should. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> um, piece of shit. Okay, love and hip
1: can Wait, what are you watching?
0: <laughs> no, for, for, okay, real. Listen, everything has its place. Okay, relax. <laughs> relax. Okay, um, I know I'm a completionist, and I have the watchman book, which I believe Raheel is yours that I have. Yes. And mm-hmm. then I was like, I'm going to read that. And then I'm going to watch the movie. And then I'm going to watch the TV show. And my husband's like, I've been hearing this shit for 15 years. So <laughs> you got you to get a move on this. Um, but yes. yeah, I know. I know. I need to watch it. Um, you know, uh, I, I want to um, talk a little bit about the music. Oh, but before I do real, do you have a favorite character from the TV show?
1: Uh, well, so I really like Bruno. I like the dad a lot. Um, but I think, you know, overall, just seeing uh, Aisha, right? Yeah. The character of Aisha, just that entire episode, just it just meant a lot to me.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: Kam- what's in it? Kamran, right? Kamran yeah. can get fucked. I've been in a competition <laughs> with that, with that kind of character my entire life, like a <laughs> like a beautiful badass with a British accent. I can't compete with that.
0: You're a real Bruno.
1: I'm a real Bruno. Yeah, I'm a yeah. big sidekick energy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's talk about the music. So. Um, one of the things that was really, really, really uh, amazing for South Asians that were watching this show yeah. was the music. This is, And I also, I'm not Egyptian or Arab, but watching uh, um, Moon Knight, Moon Knight also had 10 uh-huh. out of 10 music. The yeah. music in Moon Knight was amazing. I was like, mm-hmm. I would just pl- let the credits roll because I was like, it's so beautiful. Um, but on this show there was a lot of really intentional music used, and uh-huh. one of the songs that Rahil mentioned that they played in the finale, right, is when they have that little device, Bruno's, it's Br- basically Bruno's version of Alexa, uh-huh. and, like, it's playing like really, really old-school song. It is a really old Pakistani song called Coco, Coco Corina, okay. and it's, I-, I thought it was interesting to talk about that song because of the lyrics of that song, and Because it was used multiple times. So we heard this song, I think, in the beginning, in the first episode. We also heard it when she was in Pakistan. And then we heard it at the very end of this
1: episode.
0: And the lyrics of the song literally are like, there's a girl who's wonderful and she's on my mind, but she lives really, really far. And I don't know where she is, and I don't know what her address is, but I know her name is Coco Corina, right? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about, like, could this be a reference to Carol Danvers who's always on Kamala's mind who she's Uh. obsessed with, who she thinks is wonderful, but she doesn't know, and nobody knows where she is, right? Like, no one knows where the fuck Carol is. right? So, like, (laughs) I thought maybe that's a little bit of a reference to, or maybe it's a reference to Kamala herself, who is this girl that nobody really knows anything about. But I just thought it was a, a really really cute
2: little song it makes me wonder i wonder if uh there's a scene in the first episode i wonder if they played it in the background of there where she's in a back seat i think they're going to take her driving test and she's in a back seat like they're on either the way home or the way to there and she's kind of daydreaming out the window and she like sees that animation of carol in the sky Ah. i almost wonder if it's playing in the background there because it would make a lot of sense like hearing about that song i know
0: Ooh, that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. What a little Easter egg if I accidentally found it. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the credits of every single episode had a very specific – Pakistani song playing mm-hmm. the very first episode, the ending song, and I it, think it's really cool, also, Kendrick, because the writers, the showrunners specifically used a lot of young artists and they used a lot of like their art. They used a lot, they used anything they could to, you know, support brown businesses. Like, even in the finale, when they're um, trying to run away from damage control from the mosque, and the Imam takes out these two hats, and the hats say halal and haram on them. And he puts them on Bruno and Gamran. My friend makes those. Those are his mm. hats. And so, like, the fact that they just decided we're going to prop that business up because it's a young Pakistani artist, right? Like, they made a lot of intentional moves and in including a lot of that stuff, which I think is, like, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you do. That's what you do for your your peoples. But um, in the very first episode, the credits, the last song, the credit song is Rosie by Eva B., Eva B is a female rapper from Pakistan Mm -hmm. and she raps entirely in Urdu and she's like kind of a badass. And she's she's, 100% badass.
1: badass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She covers her face, so nobody's ever seen her face. So she covers her face and she wears hijab, but she also has tattoos, so she's like kind of edgy. (laughs) And the song Rosie is it, Rosie literally means earning, your earning. and The song itself is about women working as hard as men, but not getting the recognition that men get. And that was on the very first episode, which I thought was really cool. Then, episode two, where Kamala is like getting her powers and feeling herself and feeling like a badass, the very last song is a song called Piche Heart, which roughly translates to Move Bitch, Get Out the Way. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Love
0: that.
2: Yeah, and
0: it's like another like, young, cool kids' song. Um, episode three is where I believe she gets to meet Najma and gets to figure out a little bit more about herself. Mm-hmm. And it's, the ending is a song called uh, For Aisha, which is pretty appropriate because she thinks yeah. about Aisha. But the lyrics of that song translate to I've lived my entire life and I've soaked all the light of this world.
1: The shimmers on my feet, and they let me down the sky. Me.
0: very appropriate for this series and for what she's learning around there. Um, Episode four actually didn't have any end credit music because I think it was uh, it was too sad. It's where she ended up waking up in the middle of like the partition and is it's like horrified at the sight that she's seeing. Um, But episode five, which was, you know, the entire story of Aisha and Hassan and how they get together and how they end up on those trains and how they're trying to grow a family. And like Rahil said, it's an episode that was written by women, directed by a woman. Um, it's about women. The ending song is a song called Tu Joom. And it, Jum, Tu Joom basically tra- translates to like dance like no one's watching. Mm. And the song itself is by two women who were sort of like black sheeps of Pakistani music industry. So one woman, her name is Nesibo Laos, and she's kind of like – she was kind of like a folk singer. She's a folk singer, but she's sang really racy songs that they would specifically play in. Like, what? How? What's a mudra right here? Like, what would you call that? Like a
1: uh, a, a brothel. A
0: brothel. <laughs> songs <laughs> they play in brothels, and yeah. then the other woman on that song is a woman named uh, Abda Ravine, who is this like really amazing non-binary. Like, she's a woman, but she's I like, she she uh, she shows quite non-binary like she has always dressed like a man she has more of a masculine voice and she's been very very um open about the fact that like when anybody asks her about her identity or her family or her children or her husband she doesn't talk about any of it because she's like all you should know me for is my art and Mm -hmm. And she's also been very big on, like, just because I'm, like, a, an extremely famous, iconic folk and pop star in Pakistan doesn't mean that you get to have access to anything about me and or that you get to sexualize me. And she's been very, like, public about it. But the song itself, uh, so these are, like, two very iconic women, and the song itself is basically about, like, the world will always view you as too crazy, and so if you keep trying to seek validation or happiness from the world... It's not worth it. So you should just find your own, and you should dance like no one's watching. <laughs> आई थी वाली पूजना जाना मस्तों के गांवा दुनिया राजी करके कमले फिर भी चाइना नहीं होना सारी खुशियां मिल जावनते पीछे की रह जाना सारी खुशियां मिल पीछे की रह जाना तेरे बस में कुछ भी नहीं है दिल समझावा And so when that played at the end of that episode, <laughs> obviously I was just like weeping. <laughs>
2: Which episode was that after? Was that, that six was episode, or?
0: episode five? Five. And so okay. that was the episode where, you know, Aisha where where your grandmama's the baby. Where the right. <laughs> saves your grandma. Um and then and then episode six was just so fun, but there was one particular um, song at the uh at the scene when everybody's when they're home aloneing, and they're mm. beating up all bad guys and they're setting up all their booby traps and it's sweatshop boys. So Kendra, do you know about the sweatshop boys?
2: I've uh, heard of them. Like, as I'm like, you know, I, whenever Marvel something is like airing, I like fan out and watch like everything on the internet. So like, in my like research of the show i've like seen everyone talk about how like amazing the switch up boys are
0: <laughs> well so it's it's Riz had it's his rap group
2: right yeah 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 yeah
0: and so and like the particular verse that's playing when they're setting all this stuff up is about his pakistani identity he's rapping a lot about being pakistani he's putting your i'm Prince the
2: when he had it but I'm baffled unraveling cuz i still love hate what i see in the mirror whenever i see my face i think what if i was fair skin had less Men and would I get more work or would I not be with anything? Because right now I'm the king of my pigeonhole. Big fish in the trickle of the piss on the road. I went to hit the back of the net, but the fishermen that want me didn't let me go. Fish off the phone. It gets into your head like going from Rizvan to Riz Armid. Did I edit myself or did I get him to stretch with a
1: Karachi kid on the red? And carpet?
0: so there's these very intentional moves that the showrunners made about with the music that, like. Mm-hmm. Elevated the show in a different way for a lot of people that were South Asian that were watching it, which I just thought was fantastic. Um,
1: the other guy in Switch Up Boys is um from uh Heems, right? From Hems, the Hems. Best race of- yeah, yeah, he's
0: from Hems, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, So it's like amazing. Yeah. Riz Ahmed, aka uh what's his face from Venom?
2: Right. <laughs> Can never which- remember his name. From that grape. HBO miniseries. The Night Of, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. Not, another great HBO. HBO does a good miniseries.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Man. Really good one. You know,
0: when Riz Ahmed, when my kids were watching Venom, which I don't think is an appropriate movie, but my kids love it. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love them watch it. When they watched it and they found out that, like, the bad guy is Pakistani, my son literally said, I didn't know that Pakistanis could be in Spider-Man movies. <laughs> oh. Which is like... <laughs> gutting but also like so right like, right you know, that happen. but um but yeah i just the eyes I of a this. child the eyes of a child exactly <laughs> uh real do you have any other thoughts about the music
1: no i just you know a lot of it was very it, it, there was like a very good mix of obviously very cool music cool new music but then there's also like all these old songs right um, yeah. that, uh, I don't remember, is it Coco Corina that when she's walking through Jersey city in the first episode? I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's when I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Um, and then <laughs> there's, I don't, I remember all of the songs, but there's, you know, a, a bunch of like the old ones that, that I was like, okay, so, you know, they're. I just, again, I appreciated the effort that they made to kind of reach out to different generations also, because, you know, this is like the first, it's the first Marvel show that I, that I, that I told our mother to watch, right? I was like, you gotta watch this because there's something in it for her. Um, so, and I, and I think the creators were aware of that. So they, you know, they, 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 they tried their best to kind of, hit as many generations as possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Our mom loves it. She's just, I think she's on like episode three or four and she was like, oh my God, when Kamala rolls her eyes, I feel like I'm looking at your face. I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I I feel
2: like when Black Panther came out, like I can, I can never convince anyone to go see a Marvel movie with me. So it's usually like me or like my two best friends will like come into town if it's a really big one. And then like, we'll, see it together but like I, I could never convince my family to go see marvel movies but when black panther was announced like they wanted to like buy pre-tickets and like all, like all kind of stuff i'm like oh look at y'all now so, yeah. suddenly everyone's interested <laughs> but also also secretly loved it because i finally had someone like actually going geek out with at this movie so
0: <laughs> do you feel like since black panther a lot of those viewers have kind of like fallen off do you feel like there's more of an interest in it now
2: uh, a little of both, because I feel like uh, most people are going to see it because they they know that like uh, when you have something with like uh, people that aren't just like, you know, white men as the lead, their particular community is going to go and see it to support. Yeah. Because we know for a fact that like whether it's uh, a black lead, Latino lead, whatever the lead is, we know that like it has to be it has no choice but to be successful if we want to see it again exactly. so most people like are gonna go try and support it like regardless it just happened like this one was like a cog and like the biggest machine in the world so like you're yeah. gonna you know a lot easier of a sale than like a lot of other stuff is maybe so i feel like a lot of people like got interested in it after that because you know some uh saw what was it uh captain america civil war so like most of the regular fans saw that but then they were like oh my god black panthers in this one like watch that and then that kind of piqued their interest and then black panther sold them so then it's like okay let me go back and watch these but that was back when you could like catch up on marvel stuff like you gotta go you gotta go deep into it now like you gotta go watch 38 movies and 15 tv shows like in order to be caught up before she hulk now so it's a, little, I mean, it's a little more difficult, but
0: it's not impossible. As somebody not impossible, who did watch eight years of Marvel in like a week, there you and, go. And, it's and a, you, a, you a know, one day for me, <laughs> <laughs> you
1: no. Know, and and I think it is that part, right? Where you know that, as uh, you know, whatever whatever community is being represented, right? And you know that, okay, this is a big deal. Um, I think that's what makes like. Picking the right creators for this stuff so important because mm-hmm. just like Black Marvel and Shang Chi and Miss Marvel, all of these shows they're entertaining and all that stuff, but they also have something to say. I think mm. that's what people really took away from uh, from Black Panther was okay, so there's it's entertaining, that's you know the the leads are great um, and all that stuff, but at at its core, it has like an interesting thing to say. That's what I've seen from Miss Marvel. Also, there's mm-hmm. there is a conversation about you know how you. About about Muslims being, uh, uh, you know, being under uh, being monitored and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, again, it's really cool that the, the the folks that do get this opportunity are making the most of it. So
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I so I, unlike you guys, actually loved Loki. But now that I've watched <laughs> like um, now that I've watched this show and even watching um, Hawkeye, I'm not as much interested. I mean even though I am very interested in like the the looping and the timelines and all that stuff. I mm-hmm. think that stuff is really cool. I think the idea in Loki that was so amazing to me was this opportunity you get to meet every single version of yourself and you get to decide whether you want to what you want to use that to empower you or for that to bum you out, right? Like right. so I love that idea, and I think that that's also extremely interesting, and Tom Hiddleston is very easy on the eyes, so (laughs) I did very much enjoy it, but now watching these stories and they talk more about, like, the community you come from and your background and your identity, I think that that stuff is also so interesting because you're now tapping into an entire world that people have never experienced, like, I still think that the most exciting thing that's happening right now is that we have a bunch of Marvel characters that are not white and it's not based in America and mm-hmm. these are stories that get to show you an entire other culture and it's so fascinating that comic books don't just happen in America like comic book characters don't just exist in in the western world they exist everywhere and mm-hmm. now we get to explore that and we get to see how that fits in like like they like Walid said you know if you if Thor came to the Himalayas he'd be called a djinn. Mm. That's that's the case anywhere. Mm. Um, so I just, ah, I can't wait. Also, you know, uh, Simo Liu and Iman Delani are both Canadians from Toronto. So I feel like they're probably already planning stuff. Right.
2: <laughs> I Any love it. Thoughts? Give me whatever y'all are planning. I want it.
0: Yeah. Any <laughs> other thoughts, guys? Yeah.
2: Go... If y'all, anyone listening, if you haven't, if you want to like get into comics, I feel like Miss Marvel is a great one to start with. Like she has a lot of great like mini series and stuff that you can jump into. Mm -hmm. Uh, I say pick one up. If you like the show, you'll love the comics. I mean, it's amazing. Just good stuff all around. So go check it out. Go read a comic. Go read. Go read. (laughs) Go read read with pictures. (laughs)
0: Read with pictures. (laughs) Kendrick, you're a delight. Can you tell everybody where, uh, where and what they should be listening to? Give us some recs. Give us your tags. Give us your Instagram. Everything.
2: Of course. You can find me probably everywhere you find a reality is. So uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, all those places. Reality and Comics 2, or just search my name, Kendrick Tucker. Uh, Find me on Instagram at Reality Comics 2. And if y'all are looking to jump into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I just say just start. Start at the beginning. It's all, all almost almost all on disney plus so if you pay that what seven dollars a month you got access to all six thousand marvel movies that you need to watch before august when she hulk comes out so go check it out (laughs) go check it
0: out
1: the six dollars a month or if you just steal it from your sister like i do
2: exactly there you go
0: (laughs) even better Um, are we excited about the she hulk i'm
1: concerned
2: yeah, concerned. <laughs> love love Tatiana Maslany, but that CGI had me a little stressed <laughs> out in that trailer. Yeah.
0: It gave me it gave me Do you remember ever seeing the initial Sonic that they made for the Sonic? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's I Evil like, Sonic. Whoa. yes. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: Sonic with the fangs. Yeah, I don't know why he yeah. had such sharp teeth, but yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Very scary um, It's like Kang Lee's Hulk <laughs> You remember an Angley so Remember after I watched the first ang- like the first trailer for that, I read a comment that said, "Yo, Shrek's a badass." Right. <laughs> dude, dude. <laughs> Bad <ass>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's so funny because, like I feel
2: like I've recorded so much this week. I think that's the third uh, Ang Lee Hulk reference that I've gotten this week, and that's me <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Thank you. Now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Definitely go and check out Kendrick's podcast, and you know, what I'm going to do is I'm planning to see I'm actually trying to get my brother to see Thor with me this weekend, and then after I watch it, I will be listening to your episode on Thor. Love and Thunder. How about,
1: actually, just real quick, just your uh your grade for Thor. Love and Thunder.
0: Oof. Okay. I
2: give it. Oh my God. My dog is sneezing in the background right now. Uh, I give it solid B B B B minus, somewhere around there. It's gotcha. really, really great movie. It could have stood to be like 30 minutes longer, would have probably made it perfect i would have needed a little see more you know of the the actual villain in the movie doing his thing and uh i really it was just a lot a a ton of jokes like back to back to back to back to back which is like what thor has kind of become but if they had taken out like maybe like 20 percent of the jokes and like made it like 30 minutes longer it would have been like way better in my book still a great Mm -hmm. i mean still go see it it's got, got a lot of great parts in it
0: did you like it better than uh, Madness of the Multiverse or whatever? The Doctor Strange okay.
2: movie? I, people are like, either you love it or you hate Multiverse of Madness. I loved Multiverse of Madness. Mm. Like, that is my... I know. That's my jam. Like, I, you know, I, I told y'all, I'm a Scarlet Witch fan. So, like, I've been rooting for her to become a villain for I don't know how long. Since, like, Age of Ultron. I was like, yes, way more of that except a lot stronger. So, I've been I've been wanting that. And so, like, that was great for me. I didn't... Go into it with nearly as many high expectations as most people, because like the press was like, oh, my God, there's eight trillion cameos in this movie and stuff. And I'm like, oh, you got to you got to parse through a lot of that crap to kind of enjoy stuff nowadays. So but I liked it. If you I will say I liked it when I saw it in theaters, my second time a lot more than I liked it my first time. The first mm-hmm. time I was like, Oh, that was good. You know, like that was a really solid story. I liked it. But then the second time when I had like no expectations, I just wanted to enjoy the movie, a whole lot better.
0: Yeah.
1: I heard about I heard about the cameos beforehand, but then when I saw them, I actually got like angry. I was like, Oh, so <laughs> Disney's just showing me Disney's just like, Oh, look at all the properties we own now. Yeah. Look at all this Fox shit that we bought. And that, yeah. we're going to throw it up on the screen. I was like, fuck off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you enjoy Jim from the office? Well, he is. <laughs>